We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. DFS podcast for week 12 of the NFL season. It's a wide receiver Wednesday, and uh, I am your host, James Seltzer, and, and my usual co-host, Mr. Paul Bruno, is off gallivanting around the world having a great time, while <laughs> me and this man, the man who's here to help out and, and bring you the knowledge, and, and we are very lucky that he stepped in. For, for globetrotting Paul. Uh, Mr. Johnny McKechnie, you can follow him on Twitter, at Johnny McKex, that's M-C-K-E-C-H-S. Definitely follow him, he's a great follow. Johnny, what up, brother? Dude, what's going on? Are you getting pumped for Thanksgiving? Oh, my goodness. I, it, I'll tell you, this is the first Thanksgiving I haven't had to work in five years. So, oh, yes, nice. I am pumped, man. You? See you. You're just gonna you're just gonna be chilling all morning, getting ready for the football. Then it's amazing. Yes, that is exactly literally. I, I work in radio, so you know when you're when you're working your way up, you gotta grind. And uh, this will literally be the first Thanksgiving off in in five years. So yeah, man, I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna eat all day. I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna watch football. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what <laughs> what the holiday is all about. Am I right? Exactly. Yeah. That, no, that's how it's done. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, John, let's uh, let's jump in because um, in addition, people can actually win some money, and there's some Thursday football action to get to. So, let's take a look at those Thursday games, and uh, and then we can kind of jump in and look at the rest of the slate 
from a more macro perspective with the rest of the games. But we started off on Thursday, uh, again, Thanksgiving. Uh, first game in Detroit as Minnesota in town. Uh, a few decent receiving options in this game. Obviously, Stephon Diggs at the top of the list. How do you look at this game, and, and are there any of the receivers that jump out at the prices? I think if if you're going for a Thursday only contest, you you do kind of like it or not, you have to look at these sort of lower priced options that, that are going on Thursday because you know you got guys like Zeke or, or Le'Veon Bell that are going to be eating so much of your salary. So you got to kind of uh, finagle a way to get these mid tier guys. So Diggs, uh, he's dealing with a bit of a knee right now. He's he's the highest priced receiver in this game at 6600, uh, but he didn't practice this week. They, you know, and it's a short week, so he's a little bit iffy coming into this one. And FanDuel kind of accordingly uh, bumped up Adam Thielen to to 6200, so he's not quite the steal that you know I was hoping to get him at. But I still like him a lot in this game at 6200. Uh, how do you see the the Minnesota receivers? I mean, especially if Diggs uh, is to sit out. Yeah, well, I think that's a great point. I think Thielen clearly the guy if Diggs is to sit out because uh, he's clearly got a nice little thing going with Bradford. Um, and, and not just that. I mean, you watch the kid play. He makes some really impressive catches. You know, like there's talent there. Um, I, I agree with you. I was really hoping him, uh, for him to be under that $6,000 mark. And I expected him to be. But with Diggs a little banged up, it does make some sense. Even still, uh, assuming Diggs is playing, which I think he will, um, I, I would still be fine rolling with Diggs, too. The price is not so exorbitant that... Uh, you know, if he is healthy enough to play and it's more of just a, uh, you know, putting him on the injury report type of thing, then sure. while I still like Thielen, I think Diggs against, you know, Cadre Diggs, no pun intended or no connection <laughs> intended, uh, has the chance to really light it up in terms of both volume and, and production. So uh, I'm actually kind of in on both of those Minnesota receivers to a certain extent, depending on what happens. Let's flip it over to Detroit. Uh, Marvin Jones obviously has been a disaster of late for his owners. Are you willing yep. to, to buy in kind of a tough matchup here or Golden Tate a little bit lower? Are there any of those guys you're kind of interested in against a, a tough mini D? Yeah, generally for, for DFS purposes, I'm not, I'm, tend to avoid the the Detroit receivers because it feels like a little bit of a whack-a-mole type of situation yes, where you don't totally you don't know agree. which one is going to is going to produce on the given week uh, and also guys like uh, Riddick or Ebron they're coming on strong in the passing game as well so that that cuts into the, like the Jones and the Tate production a little bit and I also think for for as bad as Minnesota's been of late uh, they still have that secondary with, with Newman and Rhodes uh, that's still, you know, a couple of shutdown guys on the outside. So I don't like this matchup as far as the receivers are concerned in general. And then in the team context, when you're factoring in Detroit, you know they're going to be throwing it, but you do, it's it's really so hard to to just make one lineup and feel good about it using one of these guys because it could just so easily, you know, the shoe could be on the other foot that day and, and Marvin Jones finally wakes back up, but you, you're stuck with Golden Tate having no catches. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm terrified of starting any of these guys. It really does. Whack-a-mole is a perfect way to describe it because one week it'll be Tate, one week it'll be Jones, you know, so one week it'll be Bolden. So um, in that vein, I, I don't think I'm starting any of them. Maybe if I'm doing a Thursday-only tournament, I'll take a shot on Bolden at 4,800 just because, uh, like you said, if you want to fit the Zeeks and the Bells and those types of guys in your lineup, you're going to have to have some values in there. And Bolden at 4,800, at least there's some upside, but... 
I agree. Right. Going up against a tough mini D, I don't think I want anything to do with any of these guys. Uh, let's move on to the 430 start as a really good game here. The best game of the day, uh, especially with luck out. Uh, Dallas hosting Washington. Um, uh, some good options. I, I would say if you had to look at the, the games as a whole, probably the, the deepest group of options here. Maybe not the best high-end guys, but uh, who kind of stands out among the, this group? Why don't we start with the Dallas side? Okay, well, we, we've got uh, Des Bryant, most expensive uh, receiver from this game, checking in at 8000 uh, Then you go down a few tiers. You, you get a guy like Cole Beasley at 6400 uh, and then Terrence Williams down to 4900 So a lot of variance between those three. I think it, you know, I think that's a pretty accurate reflection of, of how they're viewed. Um, and they're going against Washington secondary that, you know, obviously is starting to play a little bit better. Um, coming off a really nice win against the Packers on Sunday night, uh, kind of flustered Aaron Rodgers a little bit, but I think the Packers are sort of just flustering themselves at this point. So I don't know it, how how much credit to accurately give the Redskins on that one. Um, but in any case, uh, you know, you got to consider Des here. Uh, I think he is dealing with a bit of a sore back, but it didn't really seem to bother him when he was just mossing the Ravens the other day. <laughs> um, Beasley's always just a guy that, uh, in any sort of format where, where you get uh, points per reception or even a half-point PPR, uh, Beasley's a guy who just gets the target volume. It's so clear that Dak Prescott really really uh, trusts you know, getting him the ball in the intermediate routes to kind of keep the chains moving. Um, Williams is kind of an interesting GPP option, in my opinion, you know, especially if Dez ends up being a little bit limited given the short week here. Um, I think he presents, uh, you know, a more similar uh, game to, to Des Bryant. So uh, th- then he, de- then he would to Beasley's like similar role is what I'm trying to say. So I think Williams might be an interesting kind of dart, but uh, outside of that, uh, I'd probably go with Beasley uh, out of this group. If I'm going to play a Cowboys receiver. Yeah, I agree. And I like Dez to an extent too. I'll probably have a couple lineups with Dez in it, but Beasley to me, when you look at the values, the pricing and, and the, the more or less guaranteed volume, I think Beasley's yes. a home run here at 6,400. He's going to get, you know, production. He's had at least six catches. I think he had four catches like four games ago, at least six catches last six. Uh, you know, he's just, he's just a part of that offense, a big part of that offense. And he's going to continue to get looks and obviously has a, a great rapport with Prescott. Uh, as you said, not the same receiver as Des, but for fourteen or excuse me, $1,600 cheaper, really a, a better value. But again, I like yes. both. Uh, what about on the Washington side of the ball? Some interesting options there as well. Um, well, we got just, it, they're a little bit whack-a-mole-ish too, but the, I think that they're, uh, as a generality, they're, they're a little bit more reliable these days. So you got... Uh, Jameson Crowder checking in at 6,300. Deshaun Jackson uh, still probably not at 100% from his shoulder at, at 5,900. And then Garcon uh, checking in at 5,600. Uh, the Dallas secondary is good, um, but it is a little bit banged up in its own right uh, with uh, Morris, Morris Claiborne. I'm not sure if he's if he's still out or not. So that, that's one less guy that you'd have to worry about uh, in this case. You, you worry a little bit just about uh, which one of these three guys is going to get the most targets? Uh, lately, it seems like Garcon has been a little bit of the guy, and uh, I was in on him last week because quietly he was uh, checking in at a pretty low, or at a noticeably lower price than Crowder, but he actually had more targets. And then, you know, he kind of rewarded me with, the, with that 70 yard touchdown that sort of really uh, propelled the uh, Cousins Garcon stack there. So that worked out well. So I might go back to the uh, Garcon well. Or uh, I definitely wouldn't mind using Jameson Crowder as well. 
Probably not using Deshaun Jackson, though. I just am not sold on how healthy he is at this point. I have the exact same take here. I actually really like Garcon and Crowder at their prices. Uh, I think, like you mentioned, Garcon at 5,600. Uh, you know, he's not going to get a 75-yard touchdown most weeks, but just right. in terms of volume and consistency, that's a, that's a really fair price for him. So I, I totally agree there. Uh, let's move on to the night game, the last of the Thanksgiving slate here is we've got uh, Pittsburgh heading into Indy, and it looks like Andrew Luck is absolutely going to be out of this game with a concussion. So why don't we just real quick just take the Colts? I personally, I'm not taking a shot on any of these Colts at their prices, which haven't reflected that Luck's going to be out. Are you willing to take that risk? I mean, if I was a guy that, that could make like 100 lineups for, for yeah, Thursday. Exactly, that, right? Yeah, exactly, right? I can't maybe. afford that. <laughs> but but uh, not quite – uh, going that way so far right now. So I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think that any of those guys can, can be, can hit close to their value. I mean, Hilton, I would, I would be fine taking it like a shot on him, but he's at 8,100. Like that's, that's only 700 less than Antonio Brown. Like that, that is such a large chunk of your salary. And you, you you just know that even if he gets uh, a nice target volume, they're just going to be bad targets. I mean, coming from a guy like Scott Tolzien that I'm sure he has, little to no rapport with and you know a guy that's going to be struggling uh throughout the game and pittsburgh's going to be bringing the pressure on him against that offensive line that uh reliably always gets the quarterback hit plenty of times throughout the game so i yeah any of these indianapolis uh receivers it's it's hard to justify owning them unless uh like i said you're rolling out 100 150 lineups totally agree and i am nowhere near there but uh, it's just not worth the risk to me and especially with luck being that one quarterback who makes up for so many deficiencies on his team's offense, especially that right. O-line. I just don't see Tolzien having the same success. Let's flip it to the other side of the ball. You mentioned Antonio Brown at 8,800. Uh, are you taking that, that risk, uh, you know, are you, which is a pretty fair price when you look at it for, for Brown, especially on a short slate here. Uh, and also obviously Eli Rogers and, and uh, Sammy Coates potential values as well. How do you lean on these guys? Um, I, I'm probably honestly gonna gonna try to go the Le'Veon Bell route if I for as far as like the high price guys I'm going with, and I totally understand where where Brown could be, um, you know, a guy that a guy that puts up huge numbers, and he's certainly capable of doing that. You know, the the Steelers could have two drives in a row where, where Brown catches two touchdowns, and like there you go, that uh, he's done exactly what you need him to. But I think that this is a game flow situation that I'm concerned about. Pittsburgh kind of taking the air out of the ball in the second half if they build the kind of lead that I would expect them to against Tolzien. So uh, I'm worried about Brown's usage in the second half. Uh, maybe he does enough in the first half to to warrant that price tag. Um, but in general, I'm probably just going to gonna be targeting Le'Veon uh, from the Steelers in general. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to take a shot on Brown in some lineups, but I agree for me, Bell, the better play, especially in that type of game with Tolzien on the other side. I could see Pittsburgh taking a big lead and just grinding away. But I do really like Eli Rogers at 5,400 okay. just because I think the matchup suits up really nicely for him. The Colts are terrible in the slot. Uh, and even more so, it just appears that the type of offense the Steelers are going to run against the Colts, at least from everything I've read this week, uh, does favor what Eli Rogers does well, kind of quick hits, quick moving type of offense. So okay. um, I, I like Rogers mostly because of the uh, volume at that price uh, on a short slate. But I agree, none of those guys are, are top tier plays for me. All right, 
Johnny, before we move on to the rest of the wide receiver slate, let me remind all the fantasy football fans out there that football is in full swing, and that means that FanDuel's in full swing, and this year it has been better than ever. It's not just a new season at FanDuel, it's a new era. They've upgraded your entire experience with real improvements for everyday fans, and they believe you deserve to experience everything sports has to offer, which makes you sports rich. Try the new FanDuel now. You just pick your team, you stay under the salary cap, and have all the fun that fantasy has to offer. New to the game, play in a beginner's contest to learn the ropes. If you have a dollar, there are games for just a dollar. There's 50-50 contests where the top half win cash. Or you can even settle a score with a friend in FanDuel's brand new friends mode. It's season-long fantasy football with weekly teams. Plus, new features ensure a fair and level playing field. I've said it all season. Season-long fantasy is, it just doesn't do it for me. I've got all these injured players and I keep, you know, losing because of guys I picked in August and, and guys who just yeah. haven't performed or this or that. If you own Eddie Lacy, if you own, you know, all these guys, it's just yes, a bummer. This year, it's you been... don't have to worry about any of that. You get to pick a new lineup every single week. It is the best. You can have all the fun that football has to offer, all the fun that fantasy football is to offer at FanDuel, you can be sports rich plus special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. You can go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only do you get the free subscription, but you actually get to play with that $10 on FanDuel. It's, it's insane. It's such a good value. It's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. All right, Johnny, let's jump in, hit the rest of this wide receiver slate. Uh, let's just go by values here. Is it be too long to go game by game here? Let's take that top list here as we just have four guys, really only three when you look at it because A.J. Green not playing. Uh, right. Of the 8,000 and above, Nelson 8,000, then you jump up to Julio at 87 and Beckham at 9,000. Any of those three guys going to be in your lineup this week? Um, I think I think Beckham will for sure in pretty much any sort of cash format that, I, that I'm going in. I mean, you got to be kidding me. It's Odell Beckham against the Browns. Yes. Like, uh, I'm, there, there's never a matchup that I don't like when the Browns are involved. So uh, obviously he he's a very I mean, he is the, the most elite option uh, out there this week, in my opinion. Uh, I think he's just going to absolutely tear it up. Uh, against the Browns, Julio Jones, I, I could see like maybe his ownership dropping down a little bit this week. People are worried of going against Patrick Peterson. Maybe that's a concern for some people. Maybe that knocks down his ownership a little bit. But I mean, Julio is a guy that's completely matchup proof. You got to imagine he's going to be totally fresh as well this week coming off the bye. Uh, and you always kind of worry about that with Julio uh, this time of year just because he gets so beat up uh, over the course of the season. So I think we're going to see a, a Julio at full strength here. Uh, so I think he might be a sneaky play. Uh, I mean, it's not really a sneaky, sneaky play, but, you know, something that uh, we see it, uh, the matchup scare some people off, scare down the, the ownership percentage to where Julio really uh, provides a profit for his owners. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting call and under the radar call. I love the OBJ call 100%. He is going to be in my lineups. So let's uh, let's jump down to uh, the seven thousand ranges. We have about a dozen names here, from seven thousand up to seventy nine hundred. Jarvis Landry at the bottom, going up to Mike Evans at seventy nine hundred. Who are a couple names in this range that leap out to you? 
Uh, just taking a look at it, uh, I always love using Mike Evans, and I feel like he's he's approaching that that elite sort of matchup proof uh, type status. But Seattle obviously is is one of those teams that can definitely put uh, that notion to the test. Uh, luckily, it's at, it's at home, so it's not in Seattle. So that I mean, I, I don't think Jameis will be as rattled as he would be uh, playing out there. So that that is working in his advantage to an extent. Um, but I'm probably gonna not have a ton of ownership of Mike Evans this week in my lineup. Um, I do like Amari Cooper checking in at 7,800. That it, That is a little bit pricey for a guy that, that can definitely uh, lose out the touch, the touchdown production uh, to, to a guy like Michael Crabtree. But at the same time, I don't think that Carolina's defense uh, should, should be scaring anyone as far as their secondary is concerned. Uh, they're, they're, I think they're around 19th in the NFL as far as their pass defense DVOA is concerned. Uh, so that's definitely not something that you know, scares you off of using a guy like, uh, like Amari Cooper this week. Um, from the rest of this tier, though, uh, I don't really like Brandon Marshall going against New England. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins... You know, he's so hamstrung by the quarterback play. He checks in at 7000 It just feels like such a good price for him. But you're just so – and going against San Diego is, is always a good thing. Uh, but, geez, I mean, the, Osweiler is so bad that it's really hard to justify using a guy like Hopkins uh, in, in your uh, for daily fantasy purposes. I do like Landry a lot at 7000 though. At the bottom of this tier, uh, just sort of the target volume, he seems to be uh, being a, been a little bit more explosive of late. Uh, when he does get the ball. So I, I like the trajectory that he's heading in. And, you know, it's a home game going against the 49ers. 49ers, you know, coming all the way across the country for that one. I think Landry definitely goes off. I, I'm definitely considering using him in a bunch of places. Yeah, I love the Landry call. The top guy and the bottom guy, I love both. Mike Evans, I think, is just a must-play pretty much every week. And, and Seattle, like you mentioned, it, you know, it's not the same type of imposing pass defense it used to be. So I, I really like the Mike Evans call just based on volume. Uh, another name and additional ones you mentioned that jumped out to me is Larry Fitzgerald at 7,200. That Atlanta secondary has uh, not been very good. Desmond Trufant should be back, but has been nicked up. Uh, I don't right. think he's going to follow Fitzgerald around anyway. Fitzgerald had seven targets last week, but 18 the week before, 11 the week before, 14, 9, 8. I mean, he is just, he is the guy in Arizona in that passing game. And I think they're going to pass a fair amount. I, I know David Johnson is the core of that offense, but at 7,200, Fitzgerald seems like a really nice, you know, play with a high floor here for me and a pretty low ceiling as well. And I agree, uh, Hopkins was the other name that kind of leaped out, leapt out to me just based on the, the, you know, the name and the matchup. But I, I don't know if I would have the chutzpah to start him at all at any point. But it is a good matchup. He did have a touchdown called back last week. So right. um, potentially there. I think at 7,000, maybe you take a shot in, in a couple tournaments. All right, uh, let's take uh, from 6,500 up to 6,900 here. Uh, from Terrell Pryor down to Tyrell Williams, about seven, eight names in here. Who among these guys is uh, intriguing to you, John? Uh, I'm, I'm in on Doug Baldwin at this price range. I, I think anytime you can get a guy like Doug Baldwin that has the sort of touchdown upside in like such a good offense with it, with Russell Wilson uh, rolling, it's hard for me to avoid using Doug Baldwin here. Uh, checking in 6,800. I mean, he's got three straight games of double-digit production by FanDuel's count, even if the target volume isn't 
isn't quite what you'd want for for a wide receiver one, but uh, in your lineup at 6,800, you know, you pro- he's probably like your wide receiver two. I think he makes for a very solid um, option in that regard. So I, I definitely like uh, him or his chances. I mean, he was able to to burn your Eagles a little bit last mm-hmm. week. Four, four sure receptions was. for 104 yards. That's kind of hard to do against the Eagles secondary. So uh, definitely like uh, the trend um, with him. And I like this matchup too. Tampa Bay doesn't scare me as far as their secondary is concerned. Um Maybe I'm a little bit biased here, but I, I don't really like Mike Wallace a ton going against Cincinnati. I think that Joe Flacco is just he's just been off this entire season. So it's hard for me to to justify using any of the Ravens receivers in a daily uh, format uh, prior uh, going against the, the Giants. The Giants actually have a very improved secondary, in my opinion, or improved defense overall compared to last year. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about that, but you do have to figure that the Browns are going to fall behind. They're going to be throwing it a decent bit. Uh, so Pryor should benefit from that to an extent, but I don't think it's quite like, – I would pay $100 more to go get Jarvis Landry uh, going against the 49ers and, you know, instead of using Pryor in this case. Um Michael Crabtree, 6,700. Uh, you know, along the same lines as Cooper, we know the Crabtree can absolutely go off, and the, the Panthers, uh, not the lockdown secondary that they that they were a year ago. So I would be I'd be relatively comfortable using a guy like Crabtree at 6,700. Yeah, I love the Crabtree play. That was one of the names I would mention for the exact reasons you mentioned, Cooper. I mean, that Carolina secondary is so bad. Uh, but you brought up the, the the main name in this range for me, and and I saw it firsthand, like you said, Doug Baldwin. Um, you know, Russell Wilson's fully healthy. He looks awesome. Uh, yep. And when he's awesome, Doug Baldwin is usually pretty awesome. And, and they just have a really, you know, nice connection. You can see it when you watch them play. A lot of times, if, if Wilson just sees a production a certain way, he'll just send Baldwin on a go route, and it works. You know, so. Exactly. Um, and Baldwin had a, a passing touchdown last week, too, but. Uh, I'm not going to uh, count on that, but I, I love the match. Terrific matchup. I think Baldwin and Wilson are, are really finding their groove right now. So I love, love one of my favorite plays on the board, actually. All right. Uh, let's uh, round out the 6,000 and above range here. 6,000 up to 6,400. Willie Sneed at the top down to Ty Hill getting, uh, getting quite the bump now after a couple weeks of action. Are you, uh, are you interested in any of these guys here? I do like Tyreek Hill uh, in in general. I, I I've tried to pick him up pretty much everywhere in my season longs, but uh, the Denver secondary is not to be trifled with, in my opinion. Uh, it's going to be a road game Sunday night. I don't see a situation where where either Hill. I mean, even if Macklin if Macklin gets ruled out, maybe I, maybe I start considering him a little bit more. But I'd probably lean more on like the Travis Kelsey angle for as if I'm going after Chiefs. Uh, going against the Broncos, but in general, I try to avoid going against the Broncos uh, when it comes to my pass catchers. Uh, I really like Edelman this week. Uh, he's coming off a, a pretty strong showing against the 49ers, and he gets to go against the Jets. And, you know, the Jets just aren't what they used to be. Darrell Rivas obviously isn't. Uh, Edelman saw 17 targets last week. I almost just fell out of my chair seeing mm-hmm. that. Uh, so if we see, you know, anything even close to that, I think I think we at least know that he's going to see close to double digit targets and obviously their quality ones coming from Tom Brady. So going against that jet secondary that that's really kind of uh, lacking at the moment. I really like Edelman uh, probably the most from this tier. I uh, also like the way Michael Thomas has been playing, but I wish he was, he was closer to 6,000 rather than just 6,400. Yeah. I, I, I actually like this whole tier for the most part. Edelman is a 
Terrific play. Totally agree. I mean, he's especially with Gronk likely out again. Thomas, I like that play. Uh, Steve Smith against Cincinnati. I mean, Steve Smith is, is you know, 99 a touch last week, and he just yep. uh, he, and he looks good doing it. I mean, made one of the best catches of the season on the sideline there. I think, you know, he's a big part of that offense. Cincinnati's not been good defensively, so at 6,300, a nice price. Rashard Matthews against a banged-up Chicago defense, a solid play. Sterling Shepard, so start everybody against Cleveland. You know, so I, mm-hmm. I think there's a, a really nice uh, – there's a nice group here, and – and I could see myself having multiple of these guys in my lineup at one point or another. All right, uh, let's tackle 5,900 down to 5,500, and then we'll go down to the bottom here. So let's take Travis Benjamin on up to Cameron Meredith. Are any of these names interesting to you as we start to get into real value action here? Right. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about Benjamin, uh, just that, that knee – it seems to have been a problem for a little while now, uh, so I'm probably off of him. Even if I don't, if if that matchup doesn't uh, terrify me per se, but uh, I do like Tajay Sharp at 5,500. Uh, kind of similar reason to Matthews. Uh, you're just getting him at a cheaper price. I mean, you love going against the Bears these days. I think that that's definitely something to target. Um, I guess Tyler Boyd it, it might be the most interesting of this group. Yeah. We, we don't really know. Uh, what the Bengals offense is going to look like with like sans AJ green um, and sans Gio Bernard. But you know, that means that a lot of targets are about to get redistributed and Brandon LaFell, uh, he, he is who he is. And we're not sure what Tyler Boyd is at this level yet. So I think, I think he's worth at least a flyer. And if, if uh, Jimmy Smith is out for the Ravens, uh, that secondary goes from passable to uh, just really not good at all across the board. So uh, Boyd could be having a really favorable matchup this week, so I, I think he he's probably my favorite of, of this tier from from fifty nine hundred to fifty five hundred. Yeah, I think he has the highest ceiling in this tier just because we really don't know. He could be the go-to guy there. I think that Jordan Matthews probably has the lowest floor going up against a, an atrocious Packers secondary. Uh, obviously, the Eagles wide receiver group is old. Don't, you don't have to tell me about it. Uh, <laughs> maybe the worst group in the league of wide receivers. I'm not even kidding. Um, it's up there. Uh, but Jordan Matthews has been the one guy you can somewhat count on. And I think this is the week you can count on him going up against it. Again, just a, one of the worst pass defenses in football. It's Kirk Cousins just shred him, Mariota shred him. I mean, they're they're really bad. So I right. think Matthews, based on volume and upside uh, for the price, is actually a pretty pretty great play there. All right, Johnny, let's uh, let's round it out here. Let's let's go from fifty four hundred down to to min price at forty five. Uh, who are the uh, the true value plays that you see this week at wide receiver? Uh, I mean, from from this group, that you know, obviously these are these are all darts that you that Correct, you'll be throwing. Yes. Um, no, no one's Perriman. gonna hold your feet to the fire if you miss on your forty nine hundred dollar guy or anything. Right. <laughs> so, so Perriman last week he played only twenty three snaps for the Ravens and didn't see a single target. So I, I'm completely off of him for as far as this week is concerned. Even if I do like the matchup going against the Bengals. Um, I think LaFell, kind of a, with the same exact rationale as as using a Tyler Boyd, I don't think I'd use them together in a lineup, but uh, you know, I think I'll have some exposure to, to both of them uh, just in case. And then uh, I always like Tyler Lockett. Um, he's always kind of one of my favorite uh, cheaper plays, and I think he seems to, to like be seeing a slight increase in usage uh, just a little bit. Um, well, I only saw three targets last week, but... He, 
when he does see five plus targets, he can he can really convert that. He's got a good catch rate. Uh, he's a guy that that can go off with without a ton of of volume. Uh, let's see here. After that, it oof, it gets it gets a little yeah. bit dicey. Um, here, I'll, I'll I'll throw a couple at you. I got three, sure. and again, like you said, they're all darts. Uh, but uh, for fifty one hundred, Brandon LaFell for the exact same reasons we like Tyler Boyd because he could be the guy. We don't know, um, yeah. and obviously has produced in the past. So I, I like that as an upside play. Again, as you mentioned, none of these are these are our real home run type plays here. So. So don't get too excited. But um, uh, there's some potential there with that. Uh, for the same reasons I mentioned Jordan Matthews, uh, Doro Green Beckham, I think, has some potential. Was, uh, you know, very involved last week. And uh, Nelson Aguilar might not even play. Uh, he might be sat down because of all the issues he's been having. They're going to, quote, unquote, take a step back is what Doug Peterson said uh, with Nelson. Yeah. So I think there's an opportunity for Beckham here again against a, a Awful secondary. Uh, like at 4,600, if he scores a touchdown, you know you're already you're already in the in the uh, what is it red or black? What's good? In the black, right? Yeah, in the black. In the black. Okay. And then uh, last one again, a true home run. Just uh, for 4,700, Robbie Anderson. Uh, not just because he went to my alma mater, go Owls, uh, but more <laughs> so because uh, six targets three weeks in a row. Uh, you know, Brandon Marshall, Anunwa has been just bad. So it seems like Anderson right. has passed him on that list, uh, at least as the outside receiver. So just a, a potential upside play with some, with some, uh, you know, volume potential there. But again, like like we said, uh, all upside shots. Sure. No, I I think that that Robbie Anderson call is very interesting when you when you bring up the, the sort of target volume that's been consistent and you know something that you definitely like from a player that that's basically at minimum price there and his yardage outputs have gotten better each of those three weeks. So uh, this week going against the Patriots uh, matchup, you know at the at this point at this like end of the table as far as our salary is concerned that that's you know that's you know, not necessarily the the main thing that you're concerned about. I think you know you're you're mostly looking at does this guy have a role that that, that can help me? And in this case, it does look like Anderson is sort of building towards a uh, really really solid rapport with with the Jets quarterbacks. Yeah, and especially with them likely being behind and needing to throw. So uh, oh yeah. yeah, you like it. There's upside there. So uh, again, Johnny, any final thoughts, sir? Uh that. That's about it. I'm looking forward to this week. I think the the uh, Thursday games, especially the the Redskins Cowboys one, is one that I'm circling. Uh, that should be uh, really interesting. I mean, that might even be a playoff game preview. Honestly, if things keep going the way that they are, I think Cowboys shoot uh, me now. Yeah. Oh God, that's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I swear. No, I'm dude, it's not. fair. The <laughs> NFC East is a tough division right now. Though the Giants are terrible. I don't care what anyone says. They're the worst seven and three team I've ever seen. I'll admit that Dallas and Washington are both good football teams. The Giants are not. No, I I, I absolutely agree with you. I think you know the Giants have gotten better in areas where they were laughable uh, before, especially that. I mean that defense last year. I think we we can all still remember that Saints Giants game uh, where like a zillion points were scored. Uh, so they're slightly more respectable now, but they, I don't think they can run the ball at all. And I just don't really like Eli Manning. Just doesn't do it for me. So uh, I'm in agreement with you that they're probably the the fourth uh, best team in that division. He is Johnny McKechnie. Follow him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. I am James Seltzer. We will be back, me and Johnny, back uh, with you tomorrow. Uh, Thanksgiving edition of uh, Tight Ends and Defenses. But 
for the wide receiver edition. Uh, again, for Johnny McKechnie, I am James Seltzer. This has been the Roadwire DFS podcast for week 12, wide receiver edition of the Roadwire DFS podcast.